Bluff City Media presents the Two Buck Sports Show. Stepping up to the microphone are your hosts, Drew Gann and Rusty Witten. Now, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another jam-packed edition of the Two Buck Sports Show. I am your co-host, Rusty Buckets, coming to you. Drew, it feels like every week this show takes longer and longer to get here. And then, like, show day, <clears throat> all day, I'm like, let's go. Like, we record tonight. I'm excited to get on here and talk. Even if nobody listens, I'm just here, you know, excited to be here to run my mouth and chat with you. So welcome to the show, sir. Glad to be here, Rusty. You're right. It feels like Thursday is like the ninth day of the week every single week. And so uh look forward to it every single week. And this weekend, I had just a slammed packed weekend. We'll get into it with the best of B for the week. But I think part of the problem is like when you're running and gunning like for a whole weekend, like I was this weekend. And Monday gets here, it feels like it's just the the you hit the brakes and yeah. everything just crawls starting Monday. And we're finally here Thursday night. It is 707 God's time zone here in North Mississippi. And uh, the Grizzlies are playing basketball as we speak. Well, I guess they'll tip off here in a few minutes. Uh, but it's just uh, an incredible week here in North Mississippi. We're going to get into it here. But, Rusty, you look great, except for that shirt. If you could tell, we're repping our colors this week because most of you guys do not realize (laughs) this time tomorrow, college baseball season officially has first pitch delivered. And uh, there's no harder offseason than the offseason in which you're terrible. Mm. And then, so it's taken a while to get here, but we're ready to flush it. We're ready to get back to our winning ways. There's a lot of changes in Starkville that we'll get into in our SEC baseball or college baseball preview at the end. So, guys, even if you're not baseball fans, even if you don't care anything about college baseball, stick around for that segment. We're trying to be a part of growing the game. You know, there's a small faction of college baseball fans on Twitter and on some podcasts and stuff that uh, are doing a great job. We just want to contribute to that. So stick around. It's the last segment of the show. We're going to talk college baseball. It's something Drew and I are passionate about. Our teams are historically <clears throat> better than average. But awesome. the last I, I go years, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, and honestly, like the state of Mississippi, you know, Southern Miss is very much the younger brother, but they have a good program. They're a perennial, regional, super regional team. Um, but there's like Mississippi is a baseball hotbed. And so it it's fun to root for teams here that are really good in historic stadiums, in great yeah. stadiums with, Who with teams. Are the last three College World Series champions. Yeah are represented right here on this on this show. show. So yeah, right now staring at you. And it's just it's just cool. It's a great season. It's a fun atmosphere. If you've never been to a college baseball game, you are absolutely missing out. Swayze Field, Duty Noble are two great places to watch ball games and you are absolutely missing out. And just before, you know, we've talked we Rusty is saying we're going to get to it later in the show. And so don't everybody just turn it off when we get to that. Mm-hmm. Second half of that third segment, we start talking about college baseball because even you folks in Memphis that are listening to this, you guys have a really solid baseball team that's on the rise. You just had a head coach leave your job to take an SEC school. You've so you're you've got a good trajectory going, you've got a product you can be proud of, and uh, buy in now and we'll help you. So, for sure, 
Yeah, and you're not, you're not said, far from some other good programs. So, yeah, stick around. Buy in now. Buy why, buy why the prices are low. <laughs> right, that's it. So, uh, with that being said, we start every single two-buck sports show with our, the best thing that happened of the week and the worst <laughs> thing that happened of the week. We call them our Bucks Best and our Bucks Beef of the Week. Uh, unsullied by sponsorship since 2022. So, Rusty, <laughs> hit us with the best thing that you've had happen to you this week. <laughs> well, my Bucks best of the week for other people on this show, or at least affiliated with this show, they may not agree that it's the best thing of the week, but it said my esteemed colleague is sitting here looking at me because <laughs> we don't have a baby yet. And so I've been sitting here thinking like, I've got some guys in the wings that'll help record this show or help, help me kind of guide through. Cause Lord knows y'all don't want to listen to me talk for an hour, hour and a half by myself. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, true. Um, but it's the two buck sports show, right? Like it wouldn't be the same without uncle buck, uh, <clears throat> him and his, his wife were really gracious and had me over for, to watch the super bowl Sunday night. And we had a great time watching that, eating some taco soup and hanging out. And, um, I was really grateful for that family and grateful that he's sitting here and that that family has not grown by one <laughs> yesterday or today to where we had I'm to like scramble you. to do this show. <laughs> I'm telling you, Rusty, it's going to happen sooner rather than later. My wife, uh, our due date is March the 6th. That puts us at a little shot of, you know, uh, I guess 37 weeks and some change right now. Mm -hmm. I said, honey, you're like eight months pregnant. She said, no, I'm actually nine. And I was like, I thought, <laughs> didn't know though that was possible. But yeah, yeah. so uh, she <laughs> yeah. is in the ninth month of her pregnancy. And uh, it, I mean, the days are getting short here. We're in the short mm -hmm. rows, as we said here yeah. in Mississippi. And uh, so I text I, Drew. I text Drew on Tuesday, and I said, "Do we have a baby yet?" He said, "No." I said, "All right, she's past the deadline. She can't have that baby till this weekend." <laughs> That's it. I told you. I said, "Listen, man, you're gonna have to have a plan in yeah. case she goes into labor." And and we'd laugh, and I still think it would be a great content item <laughs> is if she was to yell up those stairs right now, saying, "Honey, it's time." And <laughs> Rusty figures out the rest of the show. I mean, <laughs> secretly, I kind of hope it happens. Oh, dear <laughs> Lord. That would either be the best show we've ever did or the yeah. worst show. Yeah. It would be did. the shortest show we ever did. I tell you it that would. Right it sure would. <laughs> It'd be, uh, uh, be awkward if I sit here talking to myself. So I'm yeah, grateful we, that Banks has not arrived yet. <laughs> yeah, we have had a doctor's appointment on Monday. And so the kind of going into that doctor's appointment, my wife is miserable. Uh, she is at that stage in the pregnancy to where she doesn't walk good. She doesn't sleep good. Everything gives her heartburn. Uh, just everything is miserable. And so she said, well, if this goes how it may go, we may just get him to perform a little procedure to help induce natural labor. Hmm. And when we went Monday, he was like, ah, you're not far enough along for that yet. So we're kind of like, okay, well, now Rusty's going to have to shift his focus to, uh, potentially having to fill in for next week's episode <laughs> oh boy well i do have somebody in store i've got somebody as a backup option you know uh a surprise co-host uh working on some other segments just in case i got some people sitting on go but hopefully again we don't have to use that so uncle yeah, buck what is your best for the week yeah so uh once a year they in corinth the kiwanis club puts on a father-daughter ball and, you know, it sounds probably cheesy, but this is literally like something they put it on so well. It's like something you would see out of a movie, a Disney movie. And uh, they have all the 
dads dress up and bring their daughters and dress up in their ball gowns. And they normally have like a Disney theme. Like it was Little Mermaid theme this year. So me and my oldest girl, Chloe, who is nine years old, mm. went to the father-daughter ball in Corinth. It's our second year going. And I'm telling you, you may think uh, you may think Chloe's a little bashful or, you know, if you don't really know her, that girl can cut loose at a father-daughter nice. ball. I'm nice. telling you. Two years in a row, Buckets, we have shut that party down. I love it. We we had stayed so long on fr- on Saturday night that we were cutting down balloons to take home with us. Like, everybody <laughs> was just going like that. You know, the crowd was cutting by third by the time we were even entertaining the thought of leaving. Mm-hmm. But it was just, it's so much fun because all of my life, especially like. My wife and my kids, I've kind of raised them to love the things that I love, which is <laughs> probably a good thing, but probably like they, you know, I have no, I'm not going to apologize. They love mm-hmm. the Grizzlies. They love Ole Miss sporting events. It's great, you know, yeah. but once a year, it's just like, I go and I just tell Chloe, I'm like, listen, whatever you want, we're doing it. You want to stay all night? We'll stay all night. You want to leave early and get ice cream? We'll leave early and get ice cream. Everything is yours. And I tell her. Uh, I try to put it like a life lesson because I have daughters now and it's like I know what I was like growing up and so like on the way home every year I just tell her I was like now listen we've had a great time together I said but you're nine years old in 15 or 20 years I'll let you start dating <laughs> don't you ever date anybody who treats you worse than I do absolutely you know? and so it's just a it's a wholesome experience my wife wanted me to or pitched the idea of taking our baby girl this year who is freshly two years old. And I was like, nope, not Mm -hmm. this year. Because (laughs) if I've got a two-year-old, it's miserable for Chloe. And Mm -hmm. that's when this is for her. And so we had a great time on Saturday night at a father-daughter ball. And uh, anybody who has the opportunity just to do that, just have no shame about you and do it for the girls. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't know what to do with a girl, but I'm, I am I grew up around all boys. Uh, Drew has done a great job with Chloe and Jenny. Uh, it's nice to see one of my two favorite nieces get out and have a good time like that. I saw the pictures. She was beautiful. You, you know, Drew, you did the best you could with what you had to work with. Yeah. Um, but I she was beautiful. Same, same clothes two years in a row. Don't have one jacket. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but yeah, man, just investing in your kids like that is, is always a big win. You won't yeah. regret that time with her and, and spending and, time with Chloe like that. And there are so many dads out there, and I'm not speaking to Rusty because I know when Rusty has a daughter or a son, whatever, he's not going to be the bashful dad. But there's so many dads that are going to these father-daughter balls with their daughters who are just like, no, nah, I'm not dancing. But no, buddy, <laughs> no, no. just go no. out there. Yeah. Like, Nobody's looking at you. Act a fool. That's what we yeah. did. We just jumped. We didn't even dance. We just jumped for like three hours. It was miserable. Our feet were hurting so bad. Yeah. We had so much fun. What y'all can't see is Uncle Buck is sitting in a bucket of ice still with his feet <laughs> yeah. in him because he's yeah. hurting. I haven't been able to wear shoes since Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Yeah, that's my best of the week. Uh, Rusty, hit me with your beef of the week. What goes out must come down. There's always something, oh, right? Absolutely. So I, I yeah, and I know y'all probably can't hear it. I'm gonna kind of move my computer, but baby girl's on the couch over there, enjoying a little bone, a little bully stick, yeah. hanging out over there. She had surgery no on Monday. In the world. Right. She had a little surgery on Monday. Um, and I had to go pick her up. So I, I 
going part of going to Corinth on Sunday was to you know check on dad, drop the, the girl, drop the pup off to get some get her ears done, that sort of thing. <clears throat> well, I go pick her up Monday night in Jackson. I meet Clark and Mama at the Walmart there on Van Drive in Jackson, Tennessee. The Walmart. <clears throat> the Walmart. Driving down there, it's just raining, no problem, right? Again, as I attest to last week on the show, I am a proud son of the Deep South, a native son of the great state of Mississippi where we don't get a ton of snow. Nope. And on the drive up, so I get I get Shelby, get her settled. We start heading north, and through Jackson, it starts raining. Well, I get north of Jackson. And, Drew, you remember the scene in Star Wars where the Millennium Falcon no. hits hyperdrive, and there's all oh, these yeah. stars that are like <laughs> – yeah. All of a sudden, I'm minding my own business. I've got need to breathe on the radio, loving all Shelby girl. And I look up and I'm in hyperspeed. And there are oh, snowflakes no. the size of half really? dollars everywhere. Dude, it snowed two inches on me on the drive home. I'm on Highway 45 where the speed limit is 65, really? doing 25 miles an hour, driving in blizzard conditions. I'm watching cars slide off into the ditches. And oh, I'm like, goodness. I can't stop and help. Because I don't know that I'll get going again. Here. So oh, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like in Jackson, there was like it was like a hard line. So if you if you head north on 45, those of you who are in that area, you go up through Jackson, you turn right onto Highway 45, keep going north towards Milan, Tennessee. Right. When I started, when I got to the Milan, Tennessee sign to turn right, it started snowing. It was a hard line. <laughs> By the time I got to Milan, Tennessee, it was done. It was just raining. But that time right. in between, again, you caught a really 20, serious band there. Yeah, and I'm doing 25 miles an hour on a major U.S. highway, and it snows two inches on me. And me and the old Dodge are doing about 25 miles an hour. Shelby girl's sitting up there looking like, what is happening? Watching oh, yeah. cars slide off in the ditch. It was a wild time. And so uh, kudos to our, our friends. I know we got a lot that live in Boston and listen to this, and they're probably like, Jake, you're probably like rolling hysterically laughing at this. But I didn't know what to do, man. I'm just like, I'm like telling just, you, man. Just, just putzing along. And finally I get out of it. And it's like, did that really, that really just happen? Because it felt so foreign that it was raining on either end. But, buddy, it was snowing its butt off. So my beef for the week is having to drive in a blizzard two thumbs down from this Mississippi kid. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. And the thing is, in Tennessee, they're normally prepared for that. They're at least more oh, prepared yeah. than what Mississippi is. When sure. you cross the state line into Tennessee, it's almost like you, you cross into – Yankee territory, you know, yeah. it's like they know how to deal with warm, I mean, cold weather in the great northern state of Tennessee, mm-hmm. as opposed to Mississippi. Mississippi right. knows nothing. Listen, that was my man. biggest beef when we had a week of ice. It was like, listen, if I could deal with it, fine, if I have to, but if I'm going to have to deal with it, I'm going to move to a place that at least knows how to behave themselves in yeah. these conditions. Like, I saw a guy snowboarding behind a pickup truck in front of Sonic on Highway 15 in Ripley. Like these people go absolutely ludicrous. Yeah. Well, ain't a lot better in Memphis. I was working in Memphis a number of years ago. We had about six inches of snow and my boss and I, Kim McMahon, were standing at the door watching the watching Highway 64. And he was like, I wonder what people other people are doing while we're sitting here and work. About that time two can am side by sides come by just doing donuts <laughs> yeah. down 64. No and kidding. I was like I was like, probably that. (laughs) You know, when uh, back, I guess when I was in high school, you were probably done graduating, been working for 10 or 12 years at the time. (laughs) Kasuth or Corinth got hit with that massive sudden flooding. Mm -hmm. And I remember that. I was in Memphis. Immediately. Yeah. yeah, Immediately. 
everybody just showed up with kayaks to swim underneath the bridges. You know, yeah. like, we're very resourceful. Like if <laughs> if we had no food or crop, you know, we'd figure it out. Right. We'd have a. That's probably what Mississippi is good at. We're going to find a way to have fun given the yeah. scenario scenario that we're in. Mm-hmm. But listen, we can't deal with the snow. We're going to have fun, but we can't get we can't live like this. No, no, we weren't meant to be. That's why we live where we live. So hit me with your beef of the week. Yeah, so my beef of the week is the first party I went to this weekend. I, at 31, almost 32 years old, Friday night went to a bachelor party. <laughs> my <laughs> my cousin, who grew up like my brother, David, the younger brother of Cousin Kirk, is getting married in March, and we had a bachelor party. And bachelor parties are much different once everybody gets to their 30s. Mm-hmm. We went and ate a nice meal. Then we went to the tavern, shot some darts, played some, um, what's it called? You throw the little discs. Oh, uh, like shuffleboard? Shuffleboard, yeah. It's like above the above the ground, warm weather curling. curling. You know what I'm talking about. I yeah. know that because I'm uh, old. It's what old people yeah, do. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then we were all back at the... Airbnb by twelve thirty. A reasonable. And my reasonable beef is, I'm not even built to do that anymore. <laughs> that is too much for me. <laughs> uh, I told everybody I was like, "Listen, I'm going to be good. I will drive." Said two reasons. Uh, once I'm not a party guy uh, anymore. I mm-hmm. uh, I like to have a good time, but I don't need all the extra help in having a good time. So I'll drive. The second reason was that I knew that I was going to this father-daughter ball on Saturday, and there's no way that I'm going to that with a with a headache. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. I would just feel like the worst father in the world if I show up with that feeling, yeah. not 100%. Right. So I behaved myself, mm. went to a bachelor party in which we were back at the Airbnb by midnight. And the next day, I still felt still felt like I'd partied all night long. Like, I'm just, man, I'm just not built for it no more. I've done got lazy. I've, I've, I've done got soft in my age. So, Fatherhood has not been well for that aspect of my life, which is overall, uh, you know, it's probably overall a positive. You know, right? Sure, sure. Uh, I wouldn't know as somebody who's not a father cannot relate on that, but I'm, I'm going to take your word for it. But I, I will tell on you a little bit. So two weeks ago. Uh, when I went home, I, I came home and went to little Jenny's birthday party Friday night. Mm-hmm. And we uh, we hung out there, and then Drew and I decided to to exit Sage left after the party and head yeah. downtown Ripley, hang out for a little bit. And and Mama came and joined us for a little bit. And then y'all had a a shower for Haley on Saturday morning. I'm mm-hmm. sitting at my dad's with my new pup Saturday afternoon, just hanging out. <clears throat> and I get a text from Drew. He said, "Hey, what are you doing?" I said, "I'm sitting on the couch. What are you doing?" He goes. Mom and I are tired. <laughs> we aren't yeah. built for this anymore. We, we were, <laughs> like Sunday was just a rest. We we took we just took Sunday off to sit at home. <laughs> like, it was, I'm telling you, I'm just not built for it. And part of the thing is, is that I placed such an emphasis once I got married. I told Haley I got married at 28. She was almost 25 when we got married. That's not old by any means, but it was older than a lot of my peers. But at that point. At 28 years old, I was done like living the fast life. I was done doing a lot of that stuff and going out and like I just was wanted to be very intentional about having time for just us. Right. And that became even more important once we started having kids and we took in the kids and there was always a there's a line for me 
that's well before I give out that there's a line in which I'm like, all right, I've, we've got to stop and enjoy time at the house with us. We can run and we can see my mom or her mom or go hang out with friends and do this. We can fill up eight days a week doing right. that kind of stuff. But it, I have to put the brakes on us because if not, we are running until we're exhausted and we don't even enjoy it anymore. Yeah. And so that's that's part of the reason why I just can't really hang anymore. It's because I, I've placed my importance on other things. Sure. Listen, man, I don't know what the what the protocol is. A, B, I don't know that I'm ever getting married again. But if I do and a bachelor party's in the works, I, my one request, Drew, is that we go to an early dinner and I'm in my recliner in my fuzzy Crocs sipping – some dark liquor by like eight thirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that you know, it's funny. I saw a meme at one time, and and when I saw it, I was in my younger ages, and it was like, mm-hmm. all right, from like nineteen to twenty three, you want to go clubbing, and mm-hmm. then from like twenty three to twenty eight, you want to uh, go eat nice places, and and that's where you consume your cocktails and have your fun and laugh. Part. And then when you hit thirty. It's like, all right, we're doing cookouts at the house. Like, I, you, y'all just <laughs> come to it. me. And that's where that's I'm it. at right now. We just cookouts at the house. I'll cook for anybody who wants to come. Yeah. But you're going to have to come. I mean, like, even my first bachelor party, my, my bachelor party when I got married at young, like, we rented a, a, a cabin at Pickwick, grilled a bunch right. of meat, played cards, watching SEC football uh, all day Saturday. And just hung out, and then and then we went down with threw rocks in Pickwick Lake on Sunday morning, and we called it a day. <laughs> yeah, uh, like nothing ever happened, you know. It just wasn't wild. Like, it was just, yeah, yeah. like there was uh, not a vegetable consumed all day Saturday. It was no, literally no, like there's no, chicken wings, no and sausage, and steaks, and chicken, and then burger, like just <laughs> hamburger patties. If you, if you wanted a fruit, you got a potato chip. You know, <laughs> oh yeah, there's plenty <laughs> of lazy potato chips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we did the same thing for my bachelor party. Uh, my best man. Uh, had a friend who had a cabin on Pickwick Lake, and we went to Pickwick Lake. Nice. So, yeah. Well, awesome. Good That's time. our best in our beef for the week, and uh, appreciate y'all being here for that. We got our first break coming up. Uh, make sure, though, guys, if you are listening to this and you want to be a part of our show, if you want to be a part of who we are, go join Insiders. $5 a month, you get access to our our discord to us to other content creators to anybody that you see on our network you get to see some really cool people hang out with them uh make sure you join a lot of other great things come with that insider articles access to a lot of great information about all things mid-south sports join at blessedcitymedia.co five dollars a month see y'all in the discord not just the level of individual talent that mm-hmm. he plays with, but it's also the, the level of his mind. We haven't gotten cross-court open shot this year. Right. We haven't seen that pass a lot. Number one, you got to respect him going to the basket. There's a roller. I got to watch the roller. Uh, he has the mind to be able to say, I see all of that, and now I see this guy over here. I'm going to get mm-hmm. him this open shot. How shifty he is to always be going forward. It's usually side to side. Yeah. His dribble moves are side to side, but going forward. Right. Which is very hard to defend. I just want to get you as many times can I get you to do this. But for him, it's not here. It is here, which is with right, right, right. are his moves to get down the floor. It's awkward for a defender mm-hmm. to try to catch a cadence. This you dribble. <clears throat> so now what I do is now when you go put that ball down, I'm going for it. But with him, there's no I, it's hard for my cadence. But Right. What's my cadence for you? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know yeah. what it is. Tune in to the Anthony Sane show Wednesdays and Fridays at 12 p.m. weekly on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel.
who do you need to step it up? Outside of David Jones, I think David Jones is David Jones. I don't think you need him to step it up because he's been performing. Yeah, like I, he's David Jones. Like outside of him, he's fine. I think Quinterly needs to play better. In what way? Like I mean, he's facilitating the ball well. I mean, we like I don't to a to a twelve from the field's not cutting it. It's not. It's not great. It's not great. And I don't need a runner three from the top of the key with three and a half seconds left. Is Virginia the game where Jordan Brown is going to cook? Those dudes aren't looking to run the ball. Cook what? Dude, I thought he was going to have a freaking night. He came out with that fresh cut, mm. lined up, mm. and then literally within the first 15 seconds, missed a wide open layup, yeah. and then picked yeah. up two fouls right away. I feel real lied to because I thought we were getting a 20 and 10 guy. Didn't think it did anything for you. Well, I, I, mean, it I think we all, we all thought we were getting a 20 and 10 guy. And we are getting that in David Jones. I'm not even getting 20 or 10 minutes out of the guy. Tune in to Tigers Untapped with TJ Willis and Trey Lasley every Wednesday at 3 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. Welcome back to the Two Bucks Sports Show. We know here in the middle section, we always talk Grizzlies basketball. And Drew, like, we've got something finally to talk about. That we hadn't talked about in almost a month, well over nine ga- nine games to be exact. The Memphis Grizzlies won a basketball game. I think Uncle Buck's mic is muted. He is chatting away. Ah, there we is. go. Hey, you get what you pay for with a two buck sports show. <laughs> um, all right, uh, and now we have lost Rusty. So I'm not sure what's going on here. But anyways, I'll just keep talking. He will show up here, I'm sure. So last week when we were on the show, we realized that we had not won a game. Ah, right, here he is. I don't know where he went, but <laughs> he's he back. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Drew, like, like Drew has said, like we have had a Plymouth, an 85 Plymouth, and we've been handed the keys to a spaceship. I'm sitting here looking at Drew listening to him talk, and next thing I do, I see my face, and it says, waiting to enter studio, and I'm like, what's yeah. <laughs> just happened? So, anyway, continue. What I was saying is, last week on the show, we we talked about how from that recording, we had not won a game since the last time we recorded, and I was terrified that we were going to get on here tonight and say, <laughs> it's been two weeks that we've recorded a podcast, had not seen a win, but yeah. Luckily, we played Dylan Brooks last night, and the Grizzlies got that W. Yeah, man, it's always nice when you know when Mike comes comes back to the forum, and we get guys like that. It's always like you know, like those guys, good to see him, whatever. But Dylan has kind of pulled a Rudy Gay. He talked a lot of noise about Memphis, about the Grizz, and about you know wanting to never lose to Memphis. So it felt yeah. so good, so good to get that win against him last night. Yeah, and I mean, Dylan, the villain, he, he did kind of uh, heel turn. The Grizzlies kind of heel turned on Dylan as Dylan kind of tanked the playoffs for us last year or what yeah. we consider tanking the playoffs for us last right. year. I, do, I don't look back at Dylan Brooks's tenure at, at Memphis as a whole disaster, but the last season and, and the playoffs were a disaster last year, and it was funny. Yeah. I am going to still laugh when he comes and plays in the grind house and goes five yeah. for 17. Sure. You know, it was funny. The best thing I've heard about Dylan Brooks and, and it, about any players is on the Chris Vernon show, they call them tour dates. If you look at his shot chart, 
says it looks like tour dates because he's five <laughs> for seventeen or four for twenty nine or three yeah. for sixteen. Like it just they all just look like tour dates. Yeah. So he put up a tour date last night going five for seventeen. But and, he did uh, get his first career double double last night. He had nineteen and he had ten. It was his first career double double. But as I wrote about in my article for Bluff City Media, this uh, I wrote it last night. I got published this morning as the quick recap of the game. Like there was kind of a passing of the torch moment last night when he uh, had a dribble drive into the paint and came up for a layup, and Gigi put it back on the bench and just kind of like, "Hey, fella, like I'm here." And then late in the game, and this was not talked about nearly enough on Chris Twitter. I saw it this morning. I saw it when it happened last night, and I, to be honest, it didn't register super much with me. But like, Dylan loves that little quick, like quick inbound, like low pass, you know, little low bounce pass coming in off the baseline. And Vince was standing there, and as soon as he did it, he kicked it back into the cameraman and just like <laughs> and just grinned at him. And then the next pass, the ball comes back to him and immediately steals it and gets another possession for the Grizz. And so yeah. there's a couple moments last night of like like Vince is who you know we've talked about this. Vince is who we thought Dylan was going to be, right? He's mo- he's turning into that player that's just a defensive menace but can get you buckets. You know, he had a quiet 14 last night, but he was very very active on the defensive end played a lot of good basketball last night and it's just fun to watch him grow and develop into the player that he is especially against Dylan Brooks you know what I mean yeah it was a passing of the guard thing but you know you brought up Gigi taking over for Dylan but for me it's it's Vince Williams Jr. Well, sure. taking over for Dylan because for Dylan it was always like you loved his grit you loved his tenacity you loved his nastiness on the defensive end but he just shot you out of games and yeah. you were just hoping, like, Vince Williams can be that guy and he just won't shoot as much. But it's actually been this season he's taken uh, four three-pointers a game and he's shooting 44%. Uh, I'm sorry, 37% from three, 44% from the uh, from the field as a total. 26 minutes a game, averaging nine points, six rebounds, three assists, and shooting 37% from three. It's just been absolute glory from him. And yeah. and it's the polar opposite on the offense fan of what Dylan offered. And uh the same on defense, if you're yeah. if we're just being honest with each other. And and it was nice to see that him get the credit that he deserved with Dyson Daniels going out for the Rising Stars yeah. game, that he got the nod of the injury replacement to get in the Rising Stars game this weekend for All Star Weekend. Yeah, for sure. And I was going to talk about that with Vince. Like, so, huge nod uh, to him in recognition of his game and of what he's become and, um, like, who he's becoming as a player, right? Like, he's stepping up in a lot of big ways for us off the bench. And, and it's I'm glad it's being recognized by the NBA at large, you know, getting that spot in the Rising Star game that he should have had from the beginning because he's been having just a monster year, though a lot of what he does is not going to be seen in the in the stats stat line, right? Like getting in Steph's head, getting in Lucas' head, you know, bugging these right. star players, grinning maniacally while he's covering Steph Curry, one of the greatest shooters of all time because he's a straight-up Batman villain. Um, alongside him, right. Gigi he Jackson. Plays that well. it, it's yeah, it's funny that he kind of feels like the Joker because he is always smiling. You brought up Batman, mm-hmm. Dylan, but he's always smiling through, and he's just ruining your day and smiling about it. Yeah, it's too bad there's already a player in there with the nickname of the Joker. It'd be very fitting and good for him. But oh, no doubt, like I was saying, along, alongside him, Gigi Jackson, the youngest player in the NBA, all he's doing over these last five games, and sure, we're not winning these games, and I'll, this will kind of parlay into my next point, is Gigi is averaging, as the youngest player in the NBA, 
19 and a half points per game, almost eight rebounds per game, 1.3 steals and 1.2 blocks per game over his last five games. Again, like I, it, it's been said on Twitter, so this is not like new news, but it feels like the Grizzlies have already gotten their lottery pick because we got Gigi in oh, such no a doubt. steal, and he has just been absolutely phenomenal for what we got him for, Amazing. even on his big Amazing. his big league contract that he's got now. Like, sure, he's not a superstar yet. He's super raw, and there's going to be some nights where he's going to just bug out and get suspended. You know, he's came back from a one-game suspension. He's young, he's, he's immature, young. and he's still growing. But, like, this kind of takes me to the, the main point I want to talk about the Grizzlies is, and it's how I closed my article out last night, it's like, Think about this. Like, yeah, this year is is a developmental year. It's not the year that we'd hope for at the beginning of the year by any stretch of the imagination. If you'd have told us we would have a lineup of, you know, John Conchar, Luke Kennard, Santi Aldama starting in, you know, February, we'd have laughed you off the table, right? Like, laughed you out of the room because that's not something that would happen, barring, like Drew said, something catastrophic last week. But watching this group that's going to be our core for the bench for years to come get so much run time this year is only going to make us better next year, right? Because, like, think about, like, our starting five next year coming back, barring any any injuries of Ja, Dez, Marcus Smart, Jaron, and insert a big that we all know we're going to get this summer. Then your top four coming off the bench of being BC, Vince, Gigi, Scottie Pippen Jr., maybe Lamar Stevens, who's played really well in two games for the Grizz. Uh, yeah. Had double, you know, had double digits coming off the bench last night, finished with 14. Like this bench experience experiment this year is only going to make us deeper and better going forward. And it's it sucks that we're getting throttled every night. We get a win like we did last night against the Rockets. It's fun. It kind of puts some salve on the wound. But, man, these cats are going to be good going forward with all this experience in big-time games. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, it's been an absolute revelation, and this season has been a, a wasted season as it comes to – as it talks about, like, championship contention window, contending window. You know, you next year, you know, you've wasted this season for Ja. He's – everybody's only got so many years on their legs, on their knees. That goes for Ja, Jared, Dez, all of them. And so you'd hate to – lose a season right there when you're in their prime. But mm-hmm. it's not a lost season totally because what you have seen is Gigi Jackson be amazing and Vince Williams be amazing. And you've gotten those guys on absolutely great team-friendly contracts yeah, and locked them up from the future. And that's something that would not have happened if Ja and Dez and Smart and all of them were healthy. And I mean, so look, it, look, it's, not, you, if, it's not a lost season. No, it's not. And if you know, just kind of the parlay that, like, if you look at our starting lineup tonight against the Bucks, like, oh, it's yeah, Jordan, yeah. Jordan Goodwin, Zaire, Vince, Santi, and Trey Jemison are your starting five against Good the Lord. Milwaukee Bucks tonight. And like, yeah. you, you have to laugh about it, like you said, Drew. And so many people are causing calling a wasted season, but I agree, man. Like, there's like, yes, it's wasted for expectations. Sure, you know, last couple of seasons, been the number two seed in the Western Conference. From that aspect, sure, if that's your expectations, and they were going in, it's a wasted season. But if you look at it from a pure basketball standpoint, this is only going to serve to help us over the next three to four years, locking up these guys on either cheap you know, cheap contracts, two-way deals, like whatever it takes to keep this bench core together because we've already signed Gigi and Vince. I hope the next signing, maybe this offseason, is Scottie Pippen Jr. to a deal. But getting this core bench built around BC – and then being able to run out as a second unit again 
Scotty Pippen Jr., GG Vince, BC, and another backup center or a backup four, maybe it's Santi, whoever, like that's only going to be that's going to be a phenomenal, you know, second unit with all the big game experience they're getting this year. And so basketball, much like baseball that we're going to get into here in a little bit, it's a game of feel and time together. And these guys getting all this run time together is only going to make them better for the future. Then when they play in the summer league and some of these cats get some hustle time. The future, again, and we say this all the time, I, I feel like the future in Memphis is brighter than it's been in a long time with the depth that we're going to have next year. Yeah, I was just looking up. So, second-round picks, you, you we, have, we have not been as happy with the first-round pick selections that the Grizzlies have had the last couple of years. You know, mm-hmm. Laravia has been a buzz. Zaire Williams has not been good. Uh if you look at the back half of the second round, you t- the Grizzlies took Gigi Jackson with the 45th pick. They took Vince Williams with the 47th pick. And it has just been an absolute home run derby for them with those second round picks, with those yeah. two guys in particular. And to just see what, you know, and once upon a time, Marcus All was the 48th pick in the NBA draft. Right. You know, it's just uh, – it's just been a home run for development for Taylor Jenkins, for Jason March, for Brad Jones, and all those guys that have put such an onus on development for the young guys. Even when the 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 core is healthy, mm-hmm. they they've all stay ready so they don't have to get ready. That's it, and they've been That's rewarded it. for it. It's been great, and they they have. And and seeing these young guys get these contracts, we are big proponents of people getting their bag. And watching yeah. these young guys get their bag has been so much fun watching these guys get what they deserve for the runtime and the playing that they've been doing. Because like reality, Drew, is like <laughs> we should be losing most of these games like we lost to the Celtics, right, by 30, right. 40 points because we've been running out a lot of guys and a lot of different lineups and mashing these little mash units together to actually – like there was a, a game not all that long ago. We didn't even know if we are going to have enough per NBA rules to run out of team. Right. Yeah. And the fact Matthew that we're Hurt in a lot of to attend day just so we had somebody, right? Yeah, and like a good looking shot, but that mug has some slow feet. But anyway, yeah. Larry um, Bird looking shot. That's it. But guy can't run up and down the court without the concrete on his feet. But anyway, yeah. like seeing like the fact that we're in a lot of these games and we're losing close games, it sucks. I hate losing. I'm one of the most competitive people y'all probably know, but it's fun to see these young guys develop and get rewarded for it. So. Yeah, the future's looking bright. I do like watching the young guys, but I I told you last week on the podcast hasn't really changed for me yet. Last night was fun, but boy, it's it's hard to watch these games too. I mean, you just you have to. uh, You're not really playing for nothing, not compared to what you have been playing for. So it's kind of hard. You're getting towards the the back half of the season. You're just now getting to the all-star break here the all-star break yeah. starts today for everybody yeah. listening uh on friday so the all-star break is underway now the grizzlies will not play a game we're gonna have to fill a segment next week the mm. grizzlies will not play a game till next friday after we will have recorded the next podcast yeah so we'll have to fill a segment here with something maybe some grizz trivia or, or something yeah but I think and we'll pose. I, just, I think we'll pose some questions to our fans and see what they say about the Grizz, or see what uh, see what yeah. we can get for some content. We've always done well with that. So we're we're sixty five, or I'm sorry, fifty five games into an eighty two game season, 
and we are currently, as of Thursday night, 19 and 36. And so, forgive me if I'm just like worn down a little. <laughs> That's probably fair. I'm still That's hanging on, yeah. but, but boy, I'm I'm hanging on by a thread. The All Star break's coming at a good time. Sure enough, it is. It, I, I need a break from some bad basketballs for sure. Right. But but hey, if you're we watching- lost to the Hornets, if you forgot. No, I had to. I had to write the recap of that game. I did not forget. <laughs> I had to. I had to. I had to angry watch that till the end, right. so I can write a recap of it. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, yeah. If y'all are watching this on YouTube, go ahead and click subscribe if you haven't already. Hit that little bell, turn your notifications on, so you know anytime our show drops Fridays at three. Any of our other great shows, you know, Tigers on Tap, the Anthony Sane Show, the Daily Grind, Grizz Nine Hundred One uh, Podcast, post game shows. Make sure you have those notifications turned on so that you can be getting alerted when these shows drop so you never miss an episode. We've got one more segment for y'all as we transition, talk a little Super Bowl, and the much-awaited college baseball season is back, baby. I'm, I'm just big on being able to vocalize what someone's role is. I always mm. thought my best coaches were the people that let me know exactly what you expect from me. Now, I might not like it, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Right. But if you come to me man-to-man to say, this is how we. This is how we think we're gonna play you. Bang, 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 and and uh, hopefully everybody understands. I'm not saying that this has not not been done with this team. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying from my experience, we all have egos when we get to this game. Right. All of us, every to the last person on the bench, you got an ego, but you're not gonna. We're not. All of us can't be the man. Yeah. And now you 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 got to be able to say, okay, he's the man. But what do I do, and what can I do to help us be good? And yeah. if it's vocalized to you, then you know exactly what. I, and if I'm out there doing it. And now I'm not getting the result from you. Now we got we got to sit yeah. down and have another conversation. Mm-hmm. But as long as it is told to you, this is what we expect from you. This is how we want you to play. Then then I, I feel like, again, keeping this logo. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Tune in to The Anthony Sane Show, Wednesdays and Fridays at 12 p.m. weekly on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. All right, Christian. Yes. You are Penny Hardaway. I'm not. Yes, you are. Okay. Today, you're going to play act. Okay? okay. Gabe, because you're a Jordan Brown apologist, you're going to be Jordan Brown. I'm a Jordan Brown apologist. Okay. Okay. I'll take that. Y'all are sitting across the room from each other. I said, don't tweet him hate. And he's like, you're an apologist. <laughs> like, good God. But either way, continue. We're in a room together. Why did things break down? Jordan, we brought you in this year. To be the centerpiece of our offense. <laughs> <laughs> you came in out of shape. Let's call it what it is. Call a spade a spade. We play fast. Told you this when we were recruiting you. We play fast. One of the fastest paces in the country. You have to be able to get up and down the floor. You have failed at that. Oh, well, I'm leaving. So. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Tune in to On the Bluff with Christian Fowler and Gabe Kuhn every Tuesday at 12 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. Hey, welcome back, everybody. As uh, alluded to earlier, we're going to wrap up the show with a little bit of non-Grizz sports talk. But, uh, Drew, you know, I, I came over, we watched the Super Bowl together, stayed up late again, hanging out, watching the game. But uh, all in all... I, it was a good Super Bowl. You know, the first half was a little tough, much like those games are, kind of feeling each other out. Sloppy, sloppy football. Sometimes the moment gets too big for people. But once again, Pat Mahomes proved 
you never get bet against Pat Mahomes. And, you know, when the 49ers didn't capitalize late, missing an extra point in the second half, didn't capitalize late, you don't go for it on fourth and four in overtime and you kick a field goal. When they kicked that field goal, they were beat, man. Pat Mahomes is not settling for a field goal in overtime. I tried to tell you, Buckets, you do not bet against Patrick Mahomes. You do not. The fact that he was an underdog in that game was just as criminal as could be. Yeah. Like lock up Vegas odds makers. They were stealing from everybody. And to, and I think most of the money was still on the Niners. Makes no yeah. sense to me. No, Makes not no at all. And so Yeah, you yeah. Know, it oh. never fails. A missed extra point in a big game will come back to bite you. And it did. And uh, like you said, it was kind of sloppy. There was fumble, two fumbles in the first half, one by each running back. And then a late gaff by the 49ers, the 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 gunners are the uh, the out wide defenders, I guess the whatever. What do you call the guys who guard the the gunners on the punt return formation? I don't know. I, I don't know the cornerbacks. Cornerbacks, uh, sure. Just totally lost where he was at, where the ball was at, and let the ball go off his ankle. And Kansas City recovers it and scores the next play. And then you got a ball game. You just can't let Patrick Mahomes in it. The 49ers defense played incredibly well the first half, but their offense just couldn't score any points. And when you can't get out in front of Mahomes, then you're you're just you're shark bait at that point. Yeah. And they allowed themselves just to be chum in the water and would not capitalize when given the opportunity. It happens time and time again. We looked at each other while that game was going on. I was like, this is this is Mahomes. It's setting yeah. up perfectly. Once again, the San Francisco 49ers are leading in the fourth quarter, and Patrick Mahomes is coming. You left way too much time on the clock. And then you get to um, you get to overtime, and I watched that whole game, and I watched the comeback and everything, and in regulation, I said, you know, if Kansas City wins this, I'm not going to blame Kyle Shanahan. But then in overtime, he deferred or he, he chose to go on defense after winning the coin toss and going into overtime. And it was just, I mean, he chose to go on offense rather, rather than right. defense, knowing that both teams were going to get the ball. And you're right. Once they kicked that field goal there, it was over. I told Rusty at that time it was fourth and two. I don't know, maybe the 15, 10, 15-yard line, mm -hmm. something like that. I was like, dude, I'm going for it. I don't care if it's a tie game. I don't care – that if you miss it, all they need is a field goal to win it. I'm making Patrick Mahomes score a touchdown. And then I would even go a step further. If you make it on fourth down, you go and score a touchdown. I'm almost going for two at that point, even then. Yeah. Like, yeah. put as much pressure. Make him it, be perfect. Because he will. And I'm going to read you a stat. This is from, from Big Cat, from Barstool. He, it's not his column, I guess. It's not his stat, but he did tweet it out. So uh, I do have – so this is from Neil Payne from Neil Substack. This is on Mahomes, talking about Mahomes. Since 2001, there have been 125 drives in the NFL postseason where it was at least the fourth quarter, there was under a minute left to play, and the team on offense trailed by seven points or fewer at the start. These are your standard clutch moments for a football field, the do-or-die drives that win and lose critical games. Out of those 125 total drives, only 40% of them saw the team on offense pull off the magic trick and get 
the points they needed. Some quarterbacks are pretty good at it. And keep in mind, this is under a minute left to play where uh, they trail by seven points or fewer from the start of the drive. Tom Brady is five for 11, 46%. Drew Brees is three for six, 50%. Only Patrick Mahomes is seven for seven, 100% in those clutch situations in the playoffs. I mean, you just cannot allow him to have a chance to beat you. Yeah. It is you've got to be on offense at all times. It's what I praise Dan Campbell for when they went up against San Francisco. You've got to go for the jugular. Yep, you hundred percent field goals and beat the Chiefs. Never, 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 never. And so, speaking of, we did our prop bets last week. I do want to talk about that real quick because we did have yes. a winner. <clears throat> we did. So. All three of us hit on the over on the national anthem. Reba sang for 95 seconds, and we all took the over on that. It was over the 87 right. and a half. We all took that. Um, Drew was the only one to hit that Reba would not be wearing a hat during the national it, anthem. That would seem like common sense to me. Yeah. She's not like me and Rusty. She's got right. good hair. She's not a hat fish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Haley and I hit on the over of beers sold. I saw that earlier today. It was over. It was almost one hundred and thirty thousand beers were oh, okay. sold at the yeah. Super Bowl, which wrong. is wild. I saw that also. If I'd have known it was going into overtime, I would yeah. not have. I would not have. Yeah. Also, I saw that when I was looking that up earlier. That on average, it's like three hundred and sixty-five million gallons of beer are consumed on Super Bowl Sunday across mm. the world. That's just like that's a massive amount of liquid. Um, none of us hit on the Gatorade color. Uh, yeah, it's purple. It was purple. Um, Drew and I hit on the over on Taylor Swift being shown five and a half oh, times. Yeah. We hit that Overtime, early in the third maybe. quarter. Yeah. Drew <laughs> yeah, but... Um, and then Drew and Haley both hit on the Chiefs. I missed on the 49ers, leaving me and Haley tied with two. Drew is our winner with three of the five correct on his prop bets. I'm telling you. <laughs> If you, you fade rusty, <laughs> you fade rusty. <laughs> always, always. Uh, yeah, it was uh it was a fun Super Bowl. All in all, yeah. I saw the Super Bowl commercials got a lot of flack. They did tail off precipitously out like after halftime. You know, yeah. the, it seemed like the heavy hitters were early on. My favorite one was the Arnold Schwarzenegger commercial, yes. the State Farm. <laughs> Neighbor. 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 And maybe it's just I'm just childish. I don't know. I love that commercial. Yeah. <laughs> I still same. laugh at it. I same. We've been talking about that all week in the clinic, and I've got a patient that comes in and he's like, Neighbor, every time he comes Neighbor. in. Yeah. Uh, I uh, love know, the Dunkin' Donuts commercial. <laughs> when Matt Damon says, It's really hard being your friend. I'm like, yeah. I know people yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 I might be for people real. like that. I don't I, know. <laughs> I am that people. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, uh, there was some good, yeah. you know, and then the halftime show, like it, it's been real hot or cold. It started off really slow. The audio was an issue. It got fixed. <clears throat> some people are calling it the greatest halftime show they've ever seen. And I feel like that's just like real short sighted and very caught up in the it's moment. Hyperbolic, yeah. Right. I mean, like nothing will beat Prince singing purple rain no. in the rain. But no, like, never. I mean, it was good. I was entertained. He played some songs, you know, some throwbacks that we were all kind of vibing to, whatever. I, I agree with our last week's show that Reba would have been better. We talked about this, like <laughs> a, the first ladies of country having like Reba, Shania, Martina, Faith Hill Taylor. come out and do a show. 
Taylor would come out and do a show. Uh, I'm talking 90s, like ballad country, man. Like you imagine Joe like, Martin, <laughs> Martina McBride belting out Independence Day at the Super Bowl, man. Come on. Come oh, on. You got to get a flyover for that. <laughs> come on, man. Like, yeah. whoo. Um, yeah. but uh, all in all, it was a decent, it was a pretty good halftime show. Not one of my all time yeah, favorites, it but fun. it was entertaining. It was fine. It's just not my cup of tea, if I'm just yeah. being totally honest with you. It's not something I listen to day to day. You know, in high school, Usher was at his pinnacle. Mm-hmm. You know, when we were doing slow jams at the homecoming <laughs> dance at Kosuth High School, there yeah. was a lot of Usher playing. Yeah. But oh, it's sure. just, it was never spending on a cd in my 97 chevy you know <laughs> i won't i won't name names but i remember sitting in my ford bronco with a girl that had a major crush on me and i just wasn't feeling it and she was like i want to play you a song and this is our oh, song because it never worked out and she played let it burn by usher in oh, my gosh. truck and i'm like can we go like i'm like now I got, i've me- had sonic let's go home <laughs> <laughs> well it seems like she was not uh not picking up on it you know what i'm saying no, no, no. uh i will say that if the whole halftime show was alicia keys with usher Ooh. coming in yeah uh, i'm i buckle me in because i'm Dude. i'm in for that i love no, alicia Keys. i do too like i told you that woman is beautiful but listen man if some other grown man walks up and hugs my <laughs> wife like that from behind I'm gonna just call me Will you Smith because we won't have issues. You gotta fight him just for your I mean, just for pride. Like you you on principle, you've got to fight. What that tells me is that Swiss Beats can't fight. Because if if he could fight, Usher's not doing that. Swiss Beats can't I fight. I mean, his name is Swiss Beats. I mean, right. I don't I mean I don't get it, but you know. I don't they've, either, but clearly, a, seemed, as far as Hollywood goes, they've had a long successful marriage. You know, yeah. it probably they probably laid it to rest on Monday. But I mean, I'm sure he said he was, lasted, I'm sure he said it was good with it. You know, he said he was fine with us. You're doing it. It's just part of the show. But again, clearly it's entertainment can't fight. industry. Yeah, yeah, I know. Man. I get it. But yeah. Yeah. Alicia Keys, though. I mean, man. if I was Usher, I would have. Yeah, man. I mean, I get it. <laughs> I ain't mad. Like, I, I hate the player, not the game. Right. Like, yeah. uh, I hate the, like, I, I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I get yeah. it. Um, But yeah. So, uh, Drew, it's that time of the year. Yeah, so it is baseball season, and not just baseball, because MLB can. Did you see where uh, Rob Manfred said that his last season would be in 2029? So I guess we have got that to look forward to. I mean, yeah, that's kind of maybe baseball, maybe Major League Baseball will come back, man. Yeah, but college baseball season is coming. And Mm. I'm just, I was sitting at that bachelor party. Two things were mentioned to me because we actually, podcasts did come up a few times. And people wanted to hear about it. So if anybody was a part of this bachelor party last weekend, I hope to hear you your comments about this week's show. Text me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but two comments were made. One, has Rusty shaved his head yet? The answer is still no. He's a liar. No. <laughs> I've, been, I've been encouraged to not do it. Let's put it that way. That's all I'll say. Two about that. is Cousin Kirk said, vouching for our show he said they're entertaining because i've never watched an nba game before or kept up with the grizzlies but i genuinely am interested now because he listens to us talk about it and we talk mm-hmm. it is in the middle of the season it's what's appreciated so yeah. i want everybody to take a page out of cousin kirk's book and just give us a shot okay this yeah. is college baseball season we're in the college baseball neck of the woods here the yeah. last three college world series champions was Mississippi State, then Ole Miss, and then LSU. 
Arkansas is always there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida is always there. You are in the backyard of where college baseball is at its peak. And so right here in the year of our Lord, 2024, on Thursday, February 15th, I just am asking our fans to give it a shot. We're no. going to talk about it. We're not going to have a big segment like we do the Grizzlies, but we are going to mention it. We're going to recap it, especially as it gets into SEC season, because yeah. this is the two bucks sports show and the two bucks love it. Yeah. So I mean, you get what you pay for. That's it. <laughs> but, if you want to be a part of this show in this community, you're going to yeah. learn to love college baseball, or you're going to watch about 50 minutes of this show. <laughs> right. And so it is a, it is an in-person experience, especially it is a, it is more of an experience than football it's it's best watched in person is what i'm trying to say yeah. but there every game is televised nowadays mm. you can really keep up with it it is perfect it's like the office it's perfect yeah. easy watching you know during baseball season i'm more likely to turn on a random baseball game than i am a random football game even in yeah. college football season it is just perfect do your chores to television buy yeah. in there's a there's a pageantry in college baseball in the SEC that is comparable with college football in the SEC. Uh, just get in on it. It's a ton of fun. Listen, for example, this weekend, Mississippi State tomorrow night kicks off the season against the Air Force Academy in baseball. And so there's going to be three so different if you're flyovers. An American, if you're an American – Cheer for root for Mississippi point. State. Listen, I, I told somebody today, I was like, I hope I, I'm very patriotic. I love my country, and I hope we put a patriotic tail whooping on a patriotic tail whooping on at the Air Force Academy. I said, we're gonna put a boot somewhere right in the Air Force Academy. But we're doing three different flyovers from three different uh, you know, Naval Air Force Rankin. National Guard uh-huh. bases within you know a certain distance of Starkville. On tomorrow night's at tomorrow night's game, they're gonna be paratroopers bringing in the game ball, like. There's some really cool pageant stuff that's happening. Air Force does that at their home stadium, and we're doing it here in Starville as a celebration that's of that. Awesome. But, like, there's nothing like and, – and Ole Miss has experience as well, but, like, the left field lounge where there's just wafting of, fo- of food coming out, you know, grilling burgers and hot dogs and smoking barbecue all day as part of the experience. Right. You know, one thing that we always do well in Starville and, and opposing teams love this is after the series is over on Sunday before the teams make their way home, the opposing team comes out to left field and all the fans and families that cook out there in left field, give them all the leftovers for their ride home as an appreciation of a great experience and a great weekend. We feed players in between innings, the other teammates, you know, left fielder, the other team's left fielder comes out there. He gets a hot dog. He gets something if he's hungry out there, right? Like there's a great apartments out there in left field that you can rent for the weekend for a very pricey amount. Yeah. Um, But you can watch a baseball from a apartment, balcony you know you can stay in there and watch the, the weekend series there are a few things there are a few hidden gems in this world like college baseball and there's so many things you're missing out by not experiencing it like drew said they're they're great on tv they have some great angles some great stories about some kids that you'll never hear of again not, you know there's a million college baseball players and very right. few of them actually go pro and make it you'll hear some great stories but their best experience live. It's well known that baseball is a sport that most people appreciate more in person and nowhere is better than a college baseball stadium. Yeah. And for our folks in Memphis, Oxford is an hour down the road. Starkville is a couple hours down the road. Just go try it out. I mean, it is such an, 
a great in-person thing. And it, the thing is, I've got season tickets at Ole Miss Baseball. This will be our third year having season tickets to Ole Miss Baseball. And the reason why we choose baseball over football is because we have families with small children. And it is the perfect atmosphere to take yeah. your kids to the ballpark. It, yep. it sounds like something that our great-grandparents would say about their children. Like, you just yeah. take your kids to the ballpark. There's playgrounds. You're, it's safe. It's beautiful weather. And and you're both of these teams are going to put forth a good product, we hope. Yeah. Yeah. And too, like this is gonna this is probably gonna you're gonna make fun of me for being old for this, and that's fine. I really don't care. I'll own that. But like a lot of Saturdays in the spring are nice weather. You and your family are gonna do cookouts and home chores and that sort of stuff that right. you may not be able to make it to the ballpark. Absolutely. But the the voices of college baseball on the radio, harking back to a day, you know, long ago from our grandparents and our parents listening to baseball on the radio, right. and there are a few like sports. Baseball is a is a radio sport as well. Like it you'll is. get great personalities, you'll gr- get great announcers with great catchphrases that know baseball and know these kids, and like it's a it's a harking to a bygone era that you can't miss. And so on Saturdays when I'm busy or Sundays if I can't make it to the ballpark, I love queuing up Mississippi State baseball on the radio and listening to it while I'm doing yard work or house chores or driving or whatever. And so. However you consume SEC or college baseball, if you're a fan of, you know, a Memphis and the American Athletic or an ACC team, like give college baseball a shot this year. I think you're going to find you appreciate it more than you know, even if you don't right. necessarily love baseball. And because don't let Major League Baseball, and I've got my strong takes yeah. on Major League Baseball, I've, they are losing a lot of fans right now, and they're yeah. losing baseball fans Fans of baseball are choosing other sports. I'm right. just asking you to give college baseball a try. Yes. It is not pure anymore. You know, it's mm-hmm. not what it once was. Right. But it is the purest form of baseball that you can find right now. And nobody's going to be blacking you out of ball games that you can't make it to. You know, Memphis no, and Corinth, like we've ESPN talked about this. App. Yes. Yeah. We've talked about this. Like St. Louis is what, Drew, six hours from Corinth, six five hours. hours? Yeah. And and they're blacking out expecting you to go to ball games. Like right. you ain't going to get that in SEC right. college baseball. You're going to watch it wherever you consume your, your sports and you're going to find a great product, especially in the SEC where our beloved two <coughs> teams uh, find their residence and drew that, you know, the expectations are not very high for our two teams in this coming year. I'll kind of briefly give you a little synopsis over the uh, top, the, the projection for college baseball this year in the SEC. Uh, Florida is projected to win the East. LSU is projected to win the West. According to baseball Shocker. America, some polls have Arkansas winning Both the West. Some polls are very high on Arkansas this year to win it all as well. Believe it when I see it. And same, same. Nobody can screw up a, a, a postseason, you know, postseason baseball like Arkansas. A and M's going to be a lot better next year. They're projected to finish third in the West, but our 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 beloved teams, Ole Miss, are, is projected to finish next to last and state last in the SEC West, and rightfully so. We have had a trash product yeah. these last two years. You know, for us, the expectations are very low, but being low expectations, you can only exceed those. Because if you finish last and you met expectations, you know, it can't be that much worse. But we've got a new pitching coach. For us last year, we set a school record, one of the highest ERAs we've ever had, uh, encroaching on nine runs per game, uh, which is awful. It's awful. And you're not going to win very many games like that. Uh, We we poach um, a new pitching coach coming over from South Carolina. There's a lot of potential here. There's a lot of potential for Mississippi State to take steps in the right direction. We returned a ton of offense. Offense wasn't our issue last year. 
we were losing games 14 to 12, 15 to 11, 13 to 9. Like we scored runs. We just couldn't stop anybody because we couldn't quit giving up uh right. freaking runs and non-run so, innings poaching. right right and and like and in those non-run innings we would have six seven walks and that's what's so frustrating is we're giving up free base runners it's not like we're right. necessarily giving up a ton of hits i mean we were but we were giving up way more walks oh and so, so many walks and so scott foxhall is out justin parker is in coming over from south carolina already in in fall ball and in scrimmages like it's scrimmages so it's hard to really get a huge read on it Already, pitchers have much more command. There's a flow to the pitching order. There's it feels like there's a purpose to what we're doing, right? Not just throwing a bunch of pitches and see what happens. Like it feels like we're actually have a plan. And so I'm optimistic that we're not going to finish dead last in the West. Again, keeping expectations low because we've been so bad these last couple of years. But I just feel like with the offense that we have, the new pitching coach coming in. I think state has a real opportunity to surprise some people. We're not going to host a regional by any means, I, but I don't see why we could make one as a four seed somewhere, you know, down this season as we start building. Cause right. Chris Lamonis is going to be on a very short leash. Yes. He has our, our school's first Hot. national championship two years ago, but that seat is bowling because the product that he's ran out there these last two years has been awful. It hasn't been competitive. It has not been up to the standard of what we've talked about. <clears throat> one of college baseball's premier programs and and there's some rumblings in the village about it. Yeah, he's kind of got a Gene Chizik kind of thing going on mm-hmm. there, where yeah. the first his first year on a job, he wins a national championship with somebody else's players. A hundred percent. And so he, he hasn't been able to come close to replicating that. He has not even At been all. competitive. And Mike Bianco has kind of the same situation. Mike Bianco is going into year twenty two, I believe, wow. at Ole Miss. All right. Up until 2014, he had not made a College World Series. And in, in 2014, he was going to get fired. And he took that team that was not projected to be very good and took him to Omaha for the first time ever, or the fir- first time since 71 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then 2022 comes along, and it was now or never. He was on the hot seat again. They were 7-14 and 14 in the SEC, and he was going to get fired. And somehow he got into the tournament. <laughs> as a three seed in the Coral Gables regional. And if he didn't make it to Omaha as a three seed going on the road to Coral Gables and winning that one, and then going to Southern Miss, the other in-state school that we have talked about on this show being a very good program. Mm-hmm. He doesn't go win on the road, both of those and go to Omaha. He's getting fired then. And he, dang it, if he didn't win at all. Mm-hmm. And then last year he, we were the worst team in the SEC. And so I don't think Mike Bianco's seat is hot. They are they there were no changes. They are running it back with the same staff. You got Lafferty, you've got um yeah, Carl Lafferty and you've got uh Mike Clements. It's the same pitching coach, same hitting coach. It's been there for seems like a decade. Yeah. Um and they're running it back. And I have very little name recognition on this team at all. You've lost Peyton Chatney. Uh you lost uh he was our second baseman from the uh, College World Series team. And you lost Jacob Gonzalez, the shortstop. So you lost your middle infield. You lost mm-hmm. uh, uh, TJ McCants transferred out. You lost, uh, obviously, you lost Tim Elko and Graham and Bench and all the cornerstones for that College World Series team two years ago. And so you're just replacing with a bunch of guys you don't know yet. And yeah. so the page is blank. You're kind of fighting from a negative 
situation here because last year was so bad. But even last year's team, the hold there's not even any holdovers. The the big blow again this year for the second year in a row. You've lost your ace of Tommy John surgery this year before the season started. Last year, a month into the season, and so Xavier Rebus, who was our best pitcher down the stretch last year, our Friday night guy, tore his UCL, had to have Tommy John surgery a couple weeks ago. Hunter Elliott's not going to come back this year at all. They came out and said. Uh, based on the time in which he injured his UCL last season, he's just not going to be healthy enough to come back this year. So it's going to be a, uh, you know, Johnny Holstaff kind of approach early in the season when it comes to the pitching staff. JT Quinn is probably going to get the nod tomorrow night against Hawaii, and so it's just a lot of unknowns. I'm mm-hmm. I'm hopeful because Mike Bianco's teams up until last year have never stunk, never. I think in up leading up to the College World Series team, I think that was his twentieth year. He had made the postseason eighteen times. Like they just never stink. And so I'm holding out hope that that's, it was just a down year. They got fat and sassy and enjoyed their trophy for a little too long into the off season and got a little yeah. complacent. And this year I hope they're back on their in their winning ways. And we'll yeah. see. They play <laughs> Rusty, you would go crazy. First pitch. In Oahu, Hawaii, tomorrow night, first pitch at 10.30 Central Time. <laughs> I feel like I'm back on the East Coast, man. Oh, gosh, no. Oh, it's going to be brutal. And, man. Uh, my dad told me, he's like, hey, you want to go to opening weekend? I was like, this was months ago. I was like, yeah, sure. You know, where's it at? He said, Hawaii. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll buy the tickets if you buy the plane. <laughs> <laughs> you buy the plane tickets i'll buy the game tickets and he said no way so. yeah uh no i hear you um and the nice thing about it is we'll have some time to figure it out sec ball doesn't start for another at least month month and a half we've got time before it kicks up uh to play some teams you know to try some of these rotations and these roster guys out for us we got nate dome starting or he's going to be our friday night guy very likely for the for the rest of the year but Trying out Cal Steven on Saturday. And then, guys, if you don't know much about college baseball, yeah, we have a, a, I meant a to mention this. spectacle yeah. uh, in Gerangelo. Uh, he is a ambidextrous pitcher. He can pitch left-handed and right-handed. His Switch pitcher. He's, Gerangelo. Yeah, switch pitcher. Oh, switch pitcher. I thought you said witch pitcher. Switch pitcher, yes. Uh-huh. So, like, he's got more velocity from the right. He's got more control of his off-speed from the left. And he wears a glove that literally he can change, like, in between right. batters and in between innings. He can switch, you know, which hand he throws from. And it's a cool story uh, coming over from the Netherlands and playing baseball in Miami and then coming to Mississippi State. He's a sophomore, got a lot of potential ahead of him. This is, again, just cool stories. And so – Tune in, check it out, see some college baseball this year. Even if it's just from this show, like check it out as we try and grow the game. There are a few things better. You know, March Madness has its glory and that sort of thing, but I would put the college baseball postseason right up there with it, with regionals, super regionals. Drew and I have both been to super regionals, yeah. regionals. Drew's been to Omaha. Like there's some, there's some pageantry to that. There's some really cool, epic storylines. And you get some great baseball and you get some great teams that you won't see in March Madness or the college football playoff. Like Dallas yeah. Baptist, Cal State Fullerton, these little Coastal Carolina made a run and Fresno won. State. Shout out to yeah. Fresno State. Shout out to uh, Conway, South Carolina. CCU won it all in 2016, and they're never going to win a football national championship, yeah. right? Yeah, right. and and it's just it's just the atmosphere of it all. I'm just going to come back to it. You know, just yeah. go. 
there's nothing better than a hot dog at a ballpark. And yeah. it's just, it's the same thing. It's just as consistent in Oxford or Starkville or is it FedEx field or do they play at AutoZone in Memphis? They play at AutoZone. Yeah. And so uh, it's, it's the same thing there. Just go hang out. I've got season tickets. If you want to check out a midweek game, just shoot me a message on Discord. We probably aren't going. I'll hook a listener up if you're genuinely curious. There so we go. Get on the Discord. I'll try to give some tickets away <laughs> for anybody who wants to give college baseball in Oxford a shot. If you Absolutely. want to go to Mississippi State, you're just going to have to buy the ticket. <laughs> That's right. I'm new, I'm new to the area. <laughs> I haven't got my season tickets yet, but they come in once I get settled. So. Hey, Drew, man, another great show. We're at hour 13 minutes. Another awesome show. Appreciate you being here. Glad that Haley didn't have a baby. I do have one yeah. quick thing. If you're watching the Bucks game, if you, if, if we're watching it the kind of unfold on our phones. Gigi is cooking, man, like 13 points off the bench already. Uh, just absolutely cooking. But I want to say I saw this tweet during the show, and it wasn't a great time to mention it um, earlier. He's got 16 points now. Um, but absolutely hilarious by Fast Break Breakfast said, attention. All of you general NBA fans tuning in to see the Grizzlies on national TV and are trying to find out who some of these players are, please share any info you find. We need help. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's so funny. Dude's name's Keith Parrish. Follow him. Follow that podcast. Uh, He's such a good Twitter follow. The podcast is hilarious. And he he does the Fast Break Breakfast Pod, which is an NBA pod, but he also does Grits and Grind, which is a Memphis Mm -hmm. Grizzly-centric podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just good information. He's a a big stat head. One of the OGs of of Grizz and Memphis basketball, him and Anthony Sane. Check him out. Great, great follow. I do have one thing I wanted to talk about. Just real briefly, allow me to go down memory lane, because this hit the newsstands literally as soon as we quit recording last Thursday Mm -hmm. night. But my man P. Willie, Patrick Willis, Ole Miss's own, was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I could not be more excited. I had season tickets at Ole Miss football when Patrick Willis was playing there. He was never on any good teams. But, man, he was just a heat-seeking missile at middle linebacker. And it translated perfectly to the pro game. As good as he was and as – he was so uh, such a step above his competition at Ole Miss. It was the same way when he got to the NFL. At, at, for the San Francisco 49ers, he was just amazing. And he was a guy that, that was never about the money, never about the fame. He, he loved football. And then when he decided it was done, he was done. And he just kind of exited stage right. You know, you don't hear much from him anymore. He's got business ventures. He got into, like, Silicon Valley stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh just a great guy, and if you ever get on YouTube and just look at the Patrick Willis story and see the home that he was raised in and the situation he was raised in, I mean, you're talking about a true rags-to-riches story, a guy who bootstrapped his whole life and used football to put himself on the map and to gain general generational wealth but was never defined by being just an athlete. The dude mm-hmm. – gained so much over his time as growing into an adult. You know, he he used playing football to get to where he's at, but throughout that whole process, he became so knowledgeable on so many other things and became such a well-rounded person. He's just an an incredible guy, and I was always kind of scared that he wouldn't get into the Hall of Fame when he should have early on. He should have been a first ballot, in my opinion. But because his playing career was shorter, 
for the reasons I just said. He just wasn't defined by football. I was scared he wouldn't get in. So it was such a surprise and such a fun – it was a fun nugget that I found out soon as we quit recording last mm-hmm. Thursday night. It, and it made me feel so excited for P. Willie. Uh, I'll never forget him playing linebacker at Ole Miss with that dang club on his hand <laughs> as Rusty has a train drive by. It's a truck. It's a truck with glass packs, I'm sure. Oh, it's man. in Martin, Tennessee, man. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> that was yeah, a truck. That wasn't Martin. me, I promise. <laughs> that was a truck. <laughs> so, yeah, Rusty, that'll, that will do it for this week's edition of the Two Buck Sports Show. We kept it a little shorter this time. Yeah, I'm proud of Props us, man. You, we man. really did. Yeah, you yeah. know what? We weren't as long-winded as we could be, you know, but remember, at the end of the show, there are no refunds, Drew. Yeah, because with a two-buck sports show, you always get what you pay for. See you guys on Friday. Thank you for listening to the Two Buck Sports Show. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and a review wherever you download your podcasts. Also, like and subscribe to Bluff City Media's YouTube page. For comprehensive coverage of all things Memphis sports, head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co and find out how you can become an insider. We will see you back here next time.